We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your guest host tonight, Scott Kennedy. You can find me at Scout Kennedy, I think it says right over here somewhere. You might know me from Broncos for Breakfast, but you definitely know this guy over on this side, Zach Kelberman who is a mainstay. They call him one of the priests. I've kind of picked up the nickname, the Deacon, for being around here, and I appreciate that. But Zach, how is your holiday weekend going so far? It's been pretty good, a little hectic, but that's you know what Memorial Day weekend entails. And Scott, I wouldn't downplay yourself by calling yourself a guest host. You have graduated well beyond that. You are the Deacon for a reason. Never forget that. <laughs> well, I never like to... Uh, you ever... I'm not good with compliments, which is strange because, you know, I'm insecure, so I like them. You know, flattery works wonders on me. So I never like to assume, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be presumptuous in here. So, you know, I'm usually in the background tonight and but I get to say hello to a lot of people that I might not normally see and get to say hello to and thank in the mornings who can't always make it like David McElrath coming in nice and early. David was in about 45 minutes ago, Zach. You know, when we thought we were going live, sorry, we were a little late tonight, but we'll uh, we'll try and make it up to We appreciate you uh, being patient. And David says, good Thank evening, you, Broncos country. Chad, Chad's out there somewhere. Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, remember tomorrow, all gave some and some gave all. MHH for life, Buckham times two, Denver's Broncos for life. If you're my age, your granddads were probably in World War II, and your dad and a lot of his friends were had a pretty good chance of going in Vietnam. Um Luckily, Gen Xers and beyond haven't really known a draft, and we're thankful for that, for everything that, that you were able to do. So thank you, David, for not only supporting this show, but reminding us what tomorrow is all about. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's watched the show knows I am so thankful for anyone who served our country. I'm literally wearing like a, a patriotic wristband. I'm a proud patriot, Scott, and it's a great day to remember all that, you know, those who sacrificed Yes, both I had uh, had one granddad in Europe and one in um, on the Pacific side. He was in the Navy. So may they both rest in peace. Yes, sir. And thank you for their service and helping us get to where we were. Helping us do what we do every night is Dylan Von Arks. Uh, he says, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. 
Zach, I don't know if you, I, it's kind of cool. You listen to a lot of the shows. You know, I don't know mm -hmm. that everybody always cross references because you're like, oh, yeah, you mentioned something you might have said. I'm like, hey, Zach, actually, listen, that's kind of cool. I'm um, a company man. But we broke 19,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, either last week or the week before. And I'm looking forward to hitting that 20. And I said, I'm going to talk chat into doing some sort of giveaway. We're, we're going to do something yeah. when we hit 20,000. So get your, get your friends, email people, say, hey, subscribe to this show. Uh, if, you know, there's only about 4 million Broncos fans out there. We need to find some more of them, making sure that they're finding us. So anything you do, like Dylan just said here, helps us do that for sure. Um. The topic of the show tonight, we can get into it here pretty quick. I, I was actually surprised. You know, I like to prove some of the the aggregators out there that just, you know, Bleacher Report's one of them. There's some new ones out there. Sports Spider, Fan Recap does it too. And like six of the seven first articles were about Russell Wilson's weight or lack thereof, should I say. So, Zach, you know, what's going on with Russell Wilson? It's something, Scott, you know, you've been in the background of most of the podcasts. I'm sure you've talked about it as well. If, throughout the offseason, we've noticed a physical, visible change in Russ. And last year, not to body shame anyone, he looked a little pudgy. He looked like he was caring a little more than he had to, and it was affecting his play and also probably his mindset. We talked about the psychological and mental impacts of the trade from Seattle to Denver, and I think that went along with it. And it seems ever since the Sean Payton hire was official and Payton's come into the building, Russ has – Slim down. That's the, the buzzword around Russ now is the slim down Russell Wilson. He has a whole new mental outlook. He says he wants to be the best player I can be. He's totally motivated, Scott, physically, psychologically, mentally, every which way to be the quarterback the Broncos envisioned when they made that trade and they paid him that money. If it was a conscious effort to put on some extra weight, some extra muscle, or you know, to, to bulk up a little bit, why do you think he would have done that? And why might it not have worked among other things that went wrong last year listen we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
So we all went through breakups in our lives. And uh, <laughs> typically when you go through a breakup, you really don't care too much about yourself. You kind of let things go. And uh, I'm not saying he was eating pints of Ben and Jerry's every night, but it seemed like, yeah, <laughs> like us mortals, but it, I, it, it's just a subconscious thing. Or M&M's doesn't really matter. Maybe <laughs> Ross has his own vice. We don't know that. I think he just, all of it got to him a little bit. The trade, the fans turning on him, his former coaches turning on him, the, the national media lampooning him at every turn. And it just kind of happened, but he realized he was bad last year. He realized it's could be his final chance this season under a new coach who has no investment. You've talked about that a lot on your podcast, Scott. So he knows he's maybe fighting for his job and he has to be, like he said, the best player he could be. I'm going to, I'm going to go a different direction and say, maybe it was a conscious effort to put on some weight. Cause maybe I want to be more of a pocket passer. Maybe I don't want to get out and maybe I need to have a little bit extra bulk uh, and size in order to absorb more of those hits. However, that's not what has made Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson through his 10 plus year career, nine pro bowls included. What has made him so good is his ability to improvise. You know, he's been good as a quarterback. He's been great on improvising plays and, and moving on the run. And when you're in your mid-30s and you're carrying a little bit extra weight, I promise you, you don't move as well as you did when you were 25 and 20 pounds lighter. I think, and I think um, Harold may have said here, right here in the chat, he says probably the only meaning behind Russell Wilson's weight loss is the ungodly amount of play actions we'll be running this season. Play action bootlegs, moving on the run, and having that escapability that I think eluded him. He was used to being able, Zach, to we'd see him tuck and spin and disappear out the back door. Yep. That wasn't happening last year, you know, and it it only takes a fraction of a second difference. And 20 pounds can do that for you, Zach. You might be right. Harold might be right. Um, I just I see the you know, someone posted a picture of last year around this time and the Russell Wilson of this year. And it's just is stunning how much weight he's lost, at least in his face. And you might be right about bulking up or you might be right about taking those hits. But he also probably failed the mirror test. And he's a human <laughs> like everybody else. Maybe he looked in the mirror at some point in the last couple of months and said, hey, I'm not the guy that I was a few years ago. I want to go back to looking like that. Maybe a combination of both. But you might be honest something. I don't know about you, but 30 was a turning point for me when it came to weight uh, as a soccer player well into my 30s. I'd come home and eat a large pizza and five scoops of ice cream. You know, now I do that. I, I, or, and if I didn't, if I didn't, I was like, oh, I didn't eat that much today. I'd lose like six pounds in about 36 hours. Yeah. And uh, you hit 30 years old, eh, eh, that just stopped. So he's got to train differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has learned that. And again, it could have just been all of the other stuff that was going on. I didn't pay as much attention to my diet as I needed to. And I, I just think... Yeah. His ability, his quickness will be better. Is he ever going to be a 25-year-old Russell Wilson? No, but you can still be a hell of an athlete. Look at the basketball players, for goodness sakes, into your in your low 30s, mid-30s, and still have that explosion and be again, I I, as we were talking about the play action, the bootlegs and the escapability, all of those things should be a much better part of his arsenal this year than it was last year. Yeah, and you know, people are focusing on the actual weight loss and the literal physical difference in Russ, but I think the bigger point here is that Russ has 
shipped up in the shape since Sean Payton came to town and he's really doing whatever he can to be the better quarterback, you know, that he can be and that he wasn't last year. So that's, what's encouraging Scott is the Broncos finally have an adult in charge in Sean Payton and everyone from Mr. Unlimited on down is following that lead. So let's come back to that. And when I forget, because it'll go out of my mind and I'll lose my train of thought after I say hello to some folks in the chat, remind me ship up in the shape that that's the, the key word for me. Cause Patrick comes in, he says, Aloha gents from Hawaii. So things are moving along nicely, much more interesting this season. That is for sure. Buck them all. Patrick want to say thank you for everything you do for all of us at MHH, keeping us on our toes and well caffeinated at lioncoffee.com. Go get check you some, out. Guys. It's good stuff. Gary Palmer coming in orange, the Broncos orange, says, hey, Zach and Scott, everybody have a great Memorial weekend. Absolutely. Um, I would love to sleep in tomorrow. We're going to be off tomorrow. No Broncos for breakfast. But who is never off is my 15-pound cat ninja who will wake me up at 6 a.m. no matter what I do the day before or what I have to do the night before. And if I shut the door on him, he's big enough he might knock the son of a bitch down. Pardon my language. So I... Uh, not sleeping in anytime soon, <laughs> but thanks, Gary. Now, you mentioned ship up, shape up, and you guys have talked about on the MHH pod, the attitude, the buy-in, mm-hmm. and it helps that you've got somebody who's been there and done that. The other part of that, Zach, is they hit rock bottom last year. Right. That team, with the expectations, they were embarrassed. We tried it this way. It failed miserably. Please come show us how to do this right. I firmly believe that there is 100% buy-in, not just because of who Sean Payton is, but because of what they went through last year and what they've gone through in previous years with a steady decline and then a rock bottom, that this is a a full-on, you're seeing the results of the buy-in and the attitude difference from the Denver Broncos with Sean Payton. And I I firmly believe, and I've said it since January, that Sean Payton was the right guy for this team. 100%. And I actually paused when I said that. I had to think about it. I wasn't sure if it was an actual expression or if I was kind of like merging (laughs) two sayings into one. Ship up or ship out? Ship up into shape. shape. I don't know if if that's a real thing, but it worked in in the context of the moment. And you're right. That's the point I was trying to make as well. The attitude, the culture change, the the um the values that Sean Payton has instilled, it's already catching on. It's not going to take an entire season. It's not going to take until training camp or the preseason. Everyone is buying into that. And I wasn't worried about 89 other players on the offseason roster. I was worried about Russell Wilson. And that's why to see him come out there and look better and feel better and hopefully play better, it's so encouraging. Yeah, it would be. It's, it's so important for this team. The, the Russell Wilson playing well is the difference between being competitive now or being competitive in 2025 right where you're bad in 2023 because you your quarterback play is subpar and you have to make changes in 2024 to rebound yeah then you're and you're starting to see the fruits of that in 2025 it's yeah. absolutely crucial um when we talk zach we talk all the time about you know the the how to build the roster, building the Broncos. We've got to show all around it and, uh, and the different things you can change. Lloyd Cushenberry this or uh, right tackle that. And who's the other safety? How come you guys don't talk about Russell Wilson up? Because you can't do anything with him for this year. Right. You can't. And if you do it next year, you're taking a $40 million dead cap hit for two years. So it's it's crucial for this team's competitive 
ability that he plays well. I'm not asking him to be an MVP. Just right. play well. That's not too much to ask, is it, for $50 million a year? It's such a good point as well. We don't need him to be a top five quarterback. If he's top 12, the Broncos would be a playoff team. And you're right. That's the difference between being a playoff team and maybe like rebuilding for a year before hopefully being competitive again. Phil comes in with some stars. And this is an interesting question. And I'll have a pretty strong opinion on this one, Zach. (laughs) Uh, Good evening, Chad and Zach. Oh, that's Zach. I'm not quite Chad. Uh, If I do this and you can't see my hair. My forehead's big enough and shiny <laughs> enough that I think it might I might fool you for a little bit. Got fired. He says, was wondering if you guys think Jonathan Harris will be a starter this year. What are your thoughts on that, Zach? It's kind of scary. I know you feel the same way. I'm just kind of <laughs> surprised the Broncos haven't brought in uh, another veteran to kind of solidify that spot, but maybe they will. You know, George Payton or Sean Payton talked about it this past week that they released McManus with the idea of chasing another player. Maybe that other player... Could be Shelby Harris, for example. It seems unlikely, but they need just another veteran, you know, like a Cameron Fleming, for example, just a veteran that can kind of hold the fort, provide insurance, just so Jonathan Harris, of all people, doesn't end up starting next to Zach Allen. For me, I all I have to do is think back to that Buffalo Bills preseason game, and my initial takeaway from that game was, I don't want to see McTelvin Ajim or Jonathan Harris on the field again. <laughs> brutal period yeah let alone as a starter um he may be put in in some packages i just unless he's made leaps and bounds improvement i I feel i don't see him as being a starter for this team you you slide zach allen inside you sign didn't then they bring in a a big defense a 315 pound defensive tackle last week lancaster yeah lancaster you know you you do something jonathan harris god bless him wasn't good enough last year and people improve. We've I've seen it with my own eyes. Ready to cut a guy one year and ready to give him $10 million the next. It's happened. But show me. I have to see that. Right now, I would think I don't want Jonathan Harris as a starter. I didn't want him as a number two. I didn't want him on the field last year. Uh, Connor McLeod comes in. He said, I've been watching you guys for a couple of months. That's, that's not creepy. Um, and wanted to send a little appreciation. Russ does look a little leaner in meter. No, I'm kidding, Connor. 100% joking. Um, I appreciate the the support that you guys have been watching. Uh, there's a lot of listeners after the fact with uh, the Apple Pods and everywhere else. So, Connor, thanks for checking in and saying hello. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, and just to, thank you, Connor. And just to kind of emphasize the Jonathan Harris topic a little more. I'm looking at their depth chart right now, and they could probably use two defensive ends if we're speaking frankly here, because behind Harris is Matt Henningsen and Elijah Garcia. And Ooh. behind Zach Allen is Awuzurike, Jordan Jackson, and I'm not going to even butcher the other guy on the depth chart, but they have bare bones there. So they need to at least sign one at the absolute minimums just so they have some uh, meat on those bones. Nick Nick really brought that to my attention. I'm like, I don't know how we've glossed over it, talking so many other things. And maybe with the draft, we're thinking, all right, inside, you know, we're talking inside linebackers. We're talking edge 300 plus pound defensive linemen. And the lack thereof is scary. And and Connor, thanks again. I hope you know, I was just teasing Um, that, uh, then within two days, you know, they're signing a guy. It's it's a big need. Henningsen 
okay for uh, wasn't he undrafted like an undrafted rookie or was I he, think he was, was a sixth round, round pick last year I couldn't remember if he was very 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 late yeah he was uh, no he was I think he was very late round pick he was sixth Fifth so he sixth. was okay for a sixth round pick mm-hmm. but you know I, I'm I'm going to war with people who are having multiple first rounders on the defensive line you know or, or against those guys so I don't want good for a six round pick I need good DJ Jones is good I don't care where he was picked I don't care he was he's good whatever it was picked he was he's outplayed that um after that on the interior Mike Purcell does a job I think he's okay uh if I need to go out there in a three four okay in a big package if I go three four and I got DJ Jones if he's flanked by DJ Jones and Zach Allen okay I'm okay with that where it starts getting scary is if I need to go four three, then I got DJ Jones, I got I got um, Mike Purcell probably, but you know Jonathan Harris, Lancaster, um, that starts getting a little a little scary. And guess what? There is no position on the field rotated more heavily right. than your front three or four defensive linemen. You've got to have some depth. You're lucky if you get 60% of snaps from your from your ones. 60, 65% of your snaps from your ones. You have to have depth. Have to. You brought up Mike Purcell, and when they signed Lancaster, I was thinking of him because Lancaster is a prototypical nose tackle. I mean, he's 310 pounds. He's a run stuffer. That's Mike Purcell's job as well. He's not a, you know, a great pass rusher, so I feel like they have two of the same player there. But I'm looking, I pulled it up while you, you were talking, Scott. There is a lot of talent on the open market when it comes to defensive ends. I mean, from Frank Clark to Robert Quinn uh, and Gakwe, uh, Ioannidis, Akeem Hicks, William Golston, Carlos Dunlap. Like, there's a lot of players out there. And the Broncos just need one of those guys to provide some insurance because you're right, especially in advanced Joseph system when uh, the defensive linemen are tying up the the linemen on almost every snap. I don't know that Jonathan Harris can do that because like you pointed out in that preseason game, he was, he was like a Lloyd Christianberry on defense getting blown off the ball snap after snap. Yeah, it was the other reaction was that was like, okay, the bills just had three waves of offensive linemen that kicked your butts. Find out who they're, they can't keep. And just I be on the phone. That at the time, yeah, man. just just find out who they can't keep. Just live on their waiver wire, uh, and 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 go that direction. And you know, David McElrath talking, um, just bringing back the discussion about hitting rock bottom. And these guys are better than they played last year, and are eager to be shown a better way to do things. Uh, he comes in green with his super chat. He says, Scott, I agree. Last year we had the talent, then injuries, then Hackett chicken of the egg on some of that stuff um guys who are challenged and where there's legit competition to win football games stay healthier it's amazing it's amazing what they'll play through Mm -hmm. (laughs) those little knocks you don't hear about them anymore when you're nine and three they don't hurt there's a young kid who's a third of your money breathing down your neck for starting for your starting position these guys stay healthier that way. Otherwise, they're rats on a sinking ship. They're they're jumping. They're like, listen, we got contracts. We'll play it out, trying not to get hurt. We're not going to play through our, our bumps and bruises, and we'll wait till the next guy comes in. Um, but last year, you know, what are what are you most looking forward to 
and a, and a Sean Payton with a Sean Payton team, Zach. I mean, there's so much new, but a lot of the faces are going to be the same on the field. What are you looking forward to the most? I mean, the lazy answer here is competency, just fielding a irrelevant, competent team that can go out there and get the snap off before the play clock runs out while the fans are chanting down. I mean, getting the punting unit out there or getting a kick returner out there. It's just the simple things, the fundamentals, the basic, Scott, that they've been failing on since Gary Kubiak was the head coach. But beyond that, obviously, his offensive prowess you know, you, you mentioned Russell Wilson while we always talk about Russell Wilson. Well, this team goes as Russell Wilson goes, and they hired the the perfect coach for Russell Wilson. It was the best thing that could have happened to him. So I'm looking forward to better offensive game planning, play calling, execution, and production. So the record last year was, and, and I agree to a certain extent, because – Russell Wilson, I just I have a hard time picturing him being as bad as he was last year. Last year was an aberration. You know, that that's the thing that that gets me when, you know, we'd get our our Seahawks fans or, you know, s- trolls at a lot of times coming. It's like, "We told you he was declining." No, 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 no. No. His worst year as a Seattle Seahawk, if you had gone down just a little bit from that, you would have had a chance at the playoffs last year. Yeah. This wasn't a declining this was a declined mm-hmm. at the door. You're not getting in. Declined. Do you have another card, sir? This one isn't working. <laughs> you were declined. Like, done. And I, I don't think his trajectory is finished just yet. So he should be a little better. But you, you say they, they go only as far as Russell Wilson will take them, even if he's just a shade better. This team should be knocking on the door of 500, so they should get better. But that's not really going far, is it? That's not going far. They need Russell Wilson to take them from a 9-8 and eight team, an 8-9 and team. If they're going to be 10, 11 wins, they need Russell Wilson to be good. Top 10. Not bottom 5. Not top 5. Give me 9-12. to 12. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're really really happy we got some some new faces that feels like coming in with some big time stars on facebook so i want to say hello to joey joey lee baldwin says the median league put the chip on russell's shoulder got a feeling the league is about to uh buck around and find out you remember um are you a marvel fan at all not really okay well there's there's a line there where um you know, loki i think says to nick fury samuel jackson he's like you sound kind of desperate he's like you know you made me that way. You might not be glad that you did. There you go, Joey. They they made him mad. Now come back the way Nick Fury does. Uh, where's where's you know Jeremy Sean? He always talks the movies with me. I can't slip one past him. You might not be glad that you did. That's what you're hoping for. You're hoping that Russell Wilson, not the the smiley, always saying the right things guy you see in front of the camera. I, I want I want angry Russ on the field. I want, I want him, I want pissed off Russ on Sundays. I do know the incredible Hulk and you wouldn't like Russ when he's angry. So I feel like maybe we'll be getting that this year. I'll settle for that. But um, hopefully Joey, Russell Wilson, his motivation, the chip was put there internally. And I say that because we talked about his weight loss and he did lose weight. 
And someone speaking as someone who's been on weight loss journeys, that motivation, it can't come from an outside source. It has to come from in here. So hopefully Russell Wilson looked himself in the mirror. I'm not even talking about his weight, but he watched the film last year. He saw how bad he was. You mentioned top five and he knows, or he should know God willing that he cannot be that bad again. So hopefully whatever motivation, whatever source of the motivation, the league will buck around and find out. And Joey, thank you very much for the stars, yes. my friend. Um, I mentioned hitting rock bottom. I said, is it a team? But you really mean it for, it, again, it comes back to your quarterback. There's no way he could walk in there with an ego. Mm. I've been humbled. I, I, I failed miserably last year. We failed miserably last year. And I was miserable. You know, we talk about the money. How could you be miserable making all this money? Because these guys have pride in its profession. And you get used to the money. If you've been lucky enough to, to step up and like your first paycheck that you get when you go from an hourly to a salary and you get it and you feel like you, you're stealing something, people are going to look at me funny. Wow, I have like a $1,500 check. I've never had more than $200 in my life. You get used to that quick. Mm -hmm. The point is, Russell's been rich and famous for a long time. The money is, he's used to it. But the professional pride that these guys take and how they are going to be seen amongst their peers that they have to walk in the locker room, it, it, it's, it matters. It's going to matter. And there's no way he could be walking in there anything other than, I'm willing to do whatever it takes now, guys. Let, let me know. You, Coach, tell me. I'm all yours. You ask me, I'll do it. And I feel like Russell Wilson is the type that reads his own press clippings. I mean, for better or for worse. And if he does that, then he sees all the narratives that were being written. And a lot of them were BS. A lot of them were media driven and clowning on him for the sake of clowning on him. But when you call out his play, I'm a Russell Wilson fan. So is Chad. I mean, on this podcast, but we've called out his play. He was not good enough last year, far from it. So that's where hopefully that motivation stems from. Lawrence comes and he says, my son heard we needed a kicker and started practicing. Good for him. Now get out there and threaten him. <laughs> That's how you build kickers. Um, 50 push-ups if you miss this kick. You know, 20 suicides if you miss. Just don't Urban Meyer him. Yeah, yeah but get out there. That, that's how the first time I kicked that I, I went out, I, you know, I was a soccer player. Like, oh, I started kicking a ball around and um, – you know, it's just natural. Like, hey, this guy can kick. I'm like, yeah, I can kick. The first time that I had to kick or we ran for the whole team, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it. I just lined up and booted it through. And I I was actually scared at everybody running at me. They were so happy. Yeah, the next time I knew it, flubbed it. Just absolutely flubbed the kick. I wanted to make it so bad for all my teammates. So get out there and put some pressure on him. You're going to run suicides if you miss this. That's the only way you get kickers going. They have to kick under pressure. Kicking a 40-yard field goal, 45, 50-yard field goal isn't that hard. Doing it when it matters, it's like a free throw. Making a free throw is not all that hard. Doing it when the game's on the line, that's really tough. Five-foot putts, sure. Piece of cake. Who can't do that? Yeah, do it when you're trying to win the Masters. So put some pressure on them. Pretty good job if you can get it too. I mean, McManus was making four million a year to miss most of his kicks and clutch moments. So if he can, uh, you can grow him up to be a kicker, Lawrence. I go for it. So McManus has just re-signed or signed. He is now back in the league with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at did you see this one yet, Zach? I haven't seen the numbers yet. No. Okay. 
let me know what you think the number is. Is it a one-year deal? One-year deal. Three mil. Two, three, five. Which makes sense. It's That's about, about right. Right. That's not premium kicker money. That's average kicker money. What has he been in Denver? He's been pretty average. Yep. You know, he hasn't been the McMoney that we, we've talked about. Um, you know, and, and if you could save a million, $2 million by moving on from McManus and replacing him, I, I'm a big baseball stats guy. I love the war number, which is wins against replacement. And mm-hmm. it's basically how good is this person against an average player? Average replacement? His war would be a zero. It means he's about average. Well, I don't, I don't need to pay three and a half, four million dollars for an average kicker. I can do that for a million. So, I think that is a uh, good move. He'll like it down in Jacksonville. And good luck to you. And we'll see what the uh, what the Denver Broncos end up doing. And he'll probably be sitting there watching and hoping that he misses every kick. <laughs> it might seem insignificant, Scott, but I would rather have McManus for two seven five or whatever it was than for four million plus. I mean, that's a that's a million plus in the NFL is a lot of money, yes. and it just shows based on the contract he signed. It wasn't the media or fans thinking he was overpaid. Apparently, the NFL thought he was overpaid right. as well. And when the Broncos signed their next kicker, probably this week, maybe Brett Maher. I guarantee he'll get a one-year deal for about two million. So about it just the shows same. they wanted to about, get younger. About two three. It was two that's three cheaper. five. Is what I read, and that's about right. And he was probably asked to have a um, restructure your contract, and he said no. You know, and and I don't, I don't blame him. You've got that right. No, I've got a contract. If you don't want me, waive me. I'll go somewhere else. Even if I don't make more money, at least I'll do it with my head high. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have no problem with that. Tyler comes in with the the super chat. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. He says, with Javante being at OTAs with a brace on, do you think he'll be ready by week one? I'll tell you this, Zach. I wouldn't bet against it now. I would not bet against it. Uh, I I went from no way, no how to 50-50 at this point. Maybe even leaning towards yes. Mm. There's there's so much that has to happen right. Uh, Tyler, I, I say it all the time. It's not just your knee, and he was knee and other ligaments. It's the atrophy of other muscles that you don't get to use around your knee. I swear, hamstrings follow knees like remoras on sharks. Um, So when you hear about these setbacks, it could be muscular. But that he's out there and doing that and building that up, May, June, July, August, three and a half months, four months before kickoff is awfully encouraging because he can do a lot of football like activities in order to strengthen up everything else around him that has atrophied over the last nine months in order to be ready. But for OTA it's one of the most incredible stories that I can think of in, in for, for sports this year is that he's out there at all right now. It's the new Adrian Peterson. The fact that he's come back so quickly from that severe knee injury. Listen, Seeing that video last week literally made me tear up. I was so happy for Javante getting out there and uh, doing some football work. But I will say this. There's a huge difference between getting on the field and taking one controlled simulated carry versus being in a game and getting hit and having players actively target your knee. It happens. I'm sorry, but it does. And the other thing is the psychological aspect, Scott, you mentioned the other muscles and the atrophy. That's true too, but 
learning to or trusting to cut on that knee again and planting on that knee and, and not thinking about it, that might take a little time. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I don't want the Broncos to rush him out there for the sake of rushing him. I don't want them to put him out there week one just to say, oh, look, he's back and he's such a great, remarkable story. He is already, but let him come back naturally. If that means in a worst-case scenario, week three, week four, week two, whatever, so be it. You have Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, I don't I don't expect him to be out there unless he's ready. And if he has a setback, so be it. Oh, well, they rushed him out there. No. Setbacks happen no matter what the timeline is. It it just happens. It's and you know, by God, when you do one, you're more likely to do another one. Uh it's just it's just the way it is. It's odds and probability and stuff. So to see him out there, I think is amazing. And Adrian Peterson is one of the, if not the one of the most physically gifted human beings of the last 20 years uh, for what he's able to do. And Javante can get back out there again. I think that would be absolutely incredible and great for the Broncos. And frankly, going back to buying in, what kind of example is that set for everybody else? You know, when you're talking about this, this guy's out here who was away from football. Now he's here and he is just clawing and scratching for any chance to be back on the football field. What an example that sets for the rest of the Denver Broncos. That is a great point. I don't feel like he would rehab that hard if it was Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. That Sean Payton effect is tangible, is legitimate. But my thing is, you might disagree. If Javante is 99% good to go by week one, I don't want him out there. Only and only if he's 100% do I want him playing week one. Otherwise, he needs to get fully, fully healthy. I just don't think there's any way to tell what a hundred percent actually is until you've been out there. You know, it's, it's, I, I just don't there. You can do all the stress tests. You can do the flexibility tests. You can do the strength tests and he can be a hundred percent of all of those and something can still go wrong. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't think they'll rush him. I just don't think there's any way to tell what 100% actually is until you go out there and do it. Yeah. You know, I, I say you can't actually find out what you can do. Like what's my max without failure. Like if you're, if you're doing a bench press, I don't know what my max is by what I can do. I know what it is by what I can't do. So if I think it's 200 and 205 comes back on my chest, well, I did 200, 200 is my max. You got to get out there and hopefully not fail, but you're not going to find out until you're out there and, and, and doing it. And he's got to pass everything, everything mm-hmm. that they know, which would be considered hundred percent, but there's still setbacks. <laughs> I just, it, it just worried. I'm, I'm worried. I'm cautiously optimistic, but it's still, it's a scary injury, y'all. I think the bigger takeaway here is that Javante will play this season. We don't know at what point, but the fact that he will be out there is an amazing achievement and accomplishment for him and for the Broncos' offense. I agree 100% on that one. Um, I was thinking maybe we don't see him at all next year. Yeah. Now he'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. And, you know, if it's week six and you're sitting at four and two, great. What a boost. What a boost that'd be. Um, You know, if you're one and nine, you just shut them down. There's no reason to get back out there, dude. Um, Michaela Parker coming in green. Happy Memorial Day weekend, folks. To you as well, Michaela. Thank you for everything you do for us uh, at MHH. Had some, excuse me, had some more stars coming in. Phil apologizing with stars to me for, you know, saying, uh, Chad, uh, Phil, we're good, man. He said, sorry, Deacon Scott. My mind said one thing and I typed another. There's one of those 
how many times do you expect to go one place and you just put it on autopilot and you turn right and you, you know you needed to go left? You know, that's just autopilot. It gets worse as you get older. Listen, I haven't called you Chad once this podcast so far, so at least I'm getting better in that regard. <laughs> but it, Phil asks, anyway, do you, due to the lack of depth, um, does free agent Art Green make the team? Maybe. I mean, it depends on how Jaquan McMillian, the Asang Bassies of the roster kind of turn out, but there's a reason why the Broncos gave him a fairly large bonus as a UDFA, and uh, you put on his college tape, I feel like he fits this VJ defense perfectly. And Scott, I mean... They have, I think, four solid cornerbacks right now. In PS2, Damari Mathis, you have Riley Moss, and then you have K1 Williams. That's a good, you know, quartet. But beyond them, it's pretty wide open. And this is a good path to, I don't know about playing time, but at least a roster spot or a practice squad spot for Art Green. I I, I decently like his chances. Okay. I don't know who that is. So I was hoping that you could grab onto that one. I think it was, is he a running back, a free agent running Corner. back that came in? Cornerback. Okay, so I don't know. Appreciate you answering that one. Um, Phil asks, I cannot understand McManus replacing a kicker with better stats. What happened to that kicker? Did they cut him? Did he get another? I, I don't follow kickers enough, uh, unfortunately. I, I don't know what happened to the guy that, that Jacksonville had prior. Um, he was solid. A, he was better than McManus. Riley Patterson? Then what happened to him? He was traded to Detroit. Okay. Well, right before maybe. they signed McManus. Would you? Because this gets back to Lawrence comes in with some uh, with some stars and a question. Yes, are the Broncos running short on cash soon to be cutting for money? Uh, Lawrence, I've always said your your contract. People, like, how many years are in his contract? It, it doesn't matter. Your your only your contract is only good for as long as it is beneficial for the team to have you under that contract. As soon as you become more expensive than what they think you are worth based on your play, you're in jeopardy of being cut. It doesn't matter if you've got 60 million under the cap or if you are 5 million over the cap. And when you are paid as a top five or six kicker and you're playing in the average level and there's no dead money associated with your being cut, meaning there's no hamper and it's all upside, you're in trouble. You're in big mm. trouble. So old and expensive is no way to go. I know that one too. So it's, it's not soon to be cutting for money. You're always, always cutting for money. If a guy is not earning it, they're non-guaranteed contracts. So that's, that's the way that one runs, Lawrence. And it doesn't really have anything to do with where you are or may not be against the salary cap. Because it is somebody's money. You forget. $2 million doesn't sound like a lot against a $250 million salary cap. But that's somebody's cash. Right out there and i don't want to give it to somebody that ain't worth it yeah deandre hopkins says hi you know to this conversation <laughs> they cut him and they're eating like a 22 million dollar salary cap number if a team wants to move on from you i think the point that's the point you were trying to make scott they will move on from you it doesn't really matter about this or that it's a it's a cold hard business but the broncos are still um, about $10 million under the salary cap and they can create some moves to make some more money. So, and with the Waltons, are they really going to ever be desperate for cash? I don't think so. No, not cash, but what about the salary cap money? You know, and, and again, managing the salary cap is there's someone that has a job of that. And I'm always looking, Hey, what, what can I do to give us more flexibility? Let's see. This guy has an $18 million contract and a $10 million dead cap hit. 
How's he playing? I can save $8 million by cutting Garrett, by cutting Garrett Bowles or Justin Simmons. Oh, I don't want to get rid of Justin Simmons. He's playing fairly well. Hey, how's Garrett Bowles' knee coming along? I can save $8 million if he's not here next year. It's okay? All right. Hey, some, can someone get me Jason McManus in here, please? Jason, I did it again. That was my fraternity, brother. I said that the other day. Hey, Jason. Brandon McManus. So it's not about the money. I mean, it's not about, it's not about your lack of money. It's about business. George Fox comes and he says, great pod, guys. Thanks for making it easier to get past time until we get to preseason. And we'll do what we can. And thank you for being here. Speaking of which, we're a little over 40 minutes in. We'll probably hang around for a few more minutes. If you've got any last burning desires before we take off for Memorial Day, get them in here in the last few minutes. and We'll see what we can get to you. Patrick Wiltsey also coming in with some stars. He sends us all the coffee and send us, uh, sends us stars as well. Thank you, sir. And uh, going back on that faith thing that I was talking about with, with, uh, with Javante Pookie, David says, trust in Pookie. I do. I have all the faith in the world in Pookie, and I love how determined he is, but not even he can control, Scott, the recovery of those ligaments. It wasn't just an ACL. There were three major ligaments in his knee that were blown to shreds in that Raiders game. It was a career-threatening injury, quite frankly, and the fact that we're talking about him maybe back for week one is astonishing. I do trust in Pookie, but you have to follow the science as well here and, uh, and play it smart. That's all I'm saying. And uh, Patrick said that Danny, her, her, uh, his daughter, says aloha. I love aloha. You ever walk by somebody and you want to say hello or and goodbye? Aloha. They, they wouldn't know what it means, but God, it just works. It's hi bye, hi bye, aloha, hello and goodbye at the same time. Uh, I absolutely love it. Jesse, remind us we're only 15 weeks until kickoff. Um, wanted to bring this back to Russell Wilson real quick, just because. I saw the, uh, you know, the, the storylines coming out of OTAs. One of the big ones with the, with the Denver Broncos is Russell Wilson. And Sean Payton said he's looking good, looks sharp, you know, very understated, but that's about the most positive. And it's almost gushing compared to what we've heard so far. The Bleacher Report put together those as a compiling, and they said, buy or sell. Do you believe it or do you not? And what do you think they said about Russell Wilson looking better and sharp and ready to go and is on the upswing for uh, for Russell Wilson? Buy or sell? You buying it or are you not? For what they said, I'm going to take a wild guess and say sell. They did say sell. Shocker. Which which I think is fair. Um, you know, I, I think it's fair. And it was the thing is, it was not just sell. It was what they let off with. Um, and they, they said, I'll, and I'll drop this. I like to drop these links in. He says, it's going to be impossible to know if Wilson is really looking sharp until we see him in live game action. At 34 years old, Wilson is in the danger zone of regression. Uh, Peyton has no choice but to be as positive as possible. That's not true. Wilson's contract is an albatross with no clear outs until after 2025. After the disaster that was 2022, Wilson is going to have to prove it in games before any hype can be believed. I got no problem with that. Yeah, that's... I, I, that's true. We, we want to believe. We want to think things are going to be better. But until we see it, we can't say for sure. We can't buy into it just yet. We can be hopeful. But I'm not placing any bets. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like PFF, though, they're biased. Even if Russell Wilson were to come back and look like the Russell Wilson of old, they'd still find a way to kind of detract what he's accomplishing and say, oh, well, they're doing this in spite of Russ, not because of Russ. But there is a a modicum of truth to that. The Broncos have teased, uh, whether it's a quarterback or just a whole team in general, for many years now in a row, and they haven't lived up to it. So I'm I'm in that situation as well. That's why I'm not saying a 12, 13 win season. I think a nine or 10 win prediction is a little more accurate. If they're more competitive, I'll amend that at the time, but show me, don't just talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. We, we got to see it. Um, I, I think there's going to be a rebound just how far. Yeah. He's not going to be as bad as he was last year. It's, it's almost statistically impossible. But how much how how good is the bounce back? How much how much rubber is is Russell Wilson when he bounces? Is he you know is he a bowling ball and he just hits and kind of bounces, or is he going to super bounce back up on that timeline? Remains to be seen. Uh, Justin Thompson has a question here. He says, "Why do you keep talking about Jonathan Harris?" Um, because that was the question. Why not our fourth rounder last year and Awazarike? Well, there's a good question, Justin. What about Uwazarike? Do you think he can make the leap where he can become a good depth piece on that defensive line? Because last year, he wasn't so much. And frankly, I didn't expect him to be that much last year. He was a, he's got an offensive tackle build. And I wish someone would have moved him to offensive tackle when he was 18 years old, but that's the scout of me. And playing with leverage is difficult to learn at this level. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but he's a big body. He's a decent athlete. Can, can he be counted on to be a a decent depth piece where he can at least be an average second team OL? I mean, DL, I'm sorry. I think he could. And Justin, if you watch our podcast in the last couple months, I had a sneaking suspicion that a Wuzurike maybe not develop into a Derek Wolf, for example, or even a Shelby Harris, but like Scott was talking about just a reliable backup where he can come in and do his job and you can count on him either as a run stuffer or a pass rusher in this VJ system. It's so paramount. I just hope that the coaching is up to par on that side of the ball because there's a lot left to mine. He was very raw coming out of college, very unrefined, and they didn't give him that much seasoning last year. Hopefully this year with more playing time. I agree with what you said, Scott, earlier. You can't really know unless you're going out there and getting the reps and doing it. And that's how players grow and develop and progress. And I feel like for someone like Awuzurike, especially at that spot, you have to go out there and just get the reps and have some playing time. Yeah, you learn by doing and getting out there and doing it. And, And for him, fortunately, there may not be anybody in his way for playing time. Yeah. You know, when we talk about the depth, it's a little scary. Um, this might be our last question before we get out, out of here, Zach. But Phil asks, do you think Jaleel McLaughlin is going to be our new Lindsay? He has all the makeups. He's like a um, Philip Lindsay that can catch the ball reliably. He has the stature. He has the shiftiness. He has the just the overall skill set and like a plus version of Philip Lindsay. I hope he has the heart, though, of Philip Lindsay, because that, that was one thing that was unmeasured on the field was his uh, heart and love for the game. But McLaughlin, I think it's based on the way they're talking about him, Scott, based on the way he's looked so far at practice, I think he's almost like a shoe in to be the number four running back or at least at least a um, practice squad stash. Yeah, and I, I could know zero about Jaleel McLaughlin, and that's about what I know other than stats and say he ain't going to come in and rush for back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. 
So <laughs> in that case, no, I don't think he's going to be your new Lindsay. Um, can it be a guy who can do a job, hold on to the ball and, and add some explosiveness to the team? Yeah, he could be that guy. But, you know, I, I don't expect a, the, the Cinderella boy coming in and, and, and getting, uh, you know, back to back a thousand. That was pretty crazy. Wow, Zach, we're at 50 and uh, time has flown by here, but I think it's probably about time for you to get us on out of here. Yes, sir. That was another terrific installment of the MHH pod. If you want to follow us on Twitter, be sure you're doing so at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, myself at Kelberman NFL. If you guys haven't yet, go to MHHmerch.com and check out our Buckham inventory. So many other cool things on there if you haven't already looked. And Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, go to Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. Follow us there. And if you're on Apple Podcast, be sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, please... Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. want to say thank you to our super chatters today. David McElrath, McElrath came in a couple times. Gary Palmer, Connor McLeod. That feels like an, oh yeah, it was a newer name, Connor. So thank you very much. Uh, Tyler, Michaela, thank you very much. And then on the Facebook side of things, we had Bill coming in multiple times. Joey Lee Baldwin also felt like a newer, a newer name to us. Lawrence coming in a few times, uh, and George Fox and Patrick Wiltsey. So thank you so much to all of you. No Broncos for breakfast in the morning. I know you'll miss us. And Chad should be back tomorrow night as far as I uh, know. So everybody have a safe and happy Memorial Day, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Minor victories, Scott. Minor victories. Thank you for noticing, Phil. Have a great rest of your weekend, guys and gals. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com